been talking about, or answering the question, really, can God really use me? We've looked at this now five different sessions. I've given you five major things that, that people might think disqualify us from being used by God. We're going to wrap it all up today. We're going to bring it home, and I'm going to show you one more time that, yes, God can still use us. Now, I want you to think of the worst sin that you have committed. Now, maybe, maybe we've already talked about it. With Remember on the second session there, we talked about the murderers, right? And we kind of equated that to big sins. But I want you to think, even if that's the case again, think about what is the worst sin that you think that you have committed. Got that in your head there now. And then ask, your, ask yourself this question. Is that sin big enough to block me from being used by God? I mean, God is a forgiving God, and God wants to use us to further his kingdom, whether that's going overseas on missions, whether that's being part of a program where you're at here, or or, or working in the church, being a minister in the pulpit there. No matter what it is, God wants to use you, right? And it could be even something like, you know, just giving people giving people a meal or something but but the whole point of what we're trying to point here is that God really wants to use you and and we have to get past this mentality that says that I've messed up so big I just can't be used by God well, if I haven't convinced you by now through God's word here that God can use you no matter what your flaws are. God can use you no matter what your sins are. God can use you if you've rejected him or denied him, no matter how old you are, younger or, or, or old, like maybe you are an old person, God can still use you. And so today I want to I want to give you one more example of a guy in the Bible here who really it seemed as though he had messed up, that he got to the point where it was just too late, couldn't do anything more. I want you to go with me to the book of Judges. Now, we looked at Gideon already in the book of Judges and how he kind of had that low self-esteem, but I want us to look at Samson today because Samson was this strong, mighty warrior, and then he kind of messed up. Samson had this thing for women, is what the Bible tells us. He, he was kind of very much so attracted to women. But it's how he kind of played the game here, right? He found himself eventually in the arms of Delilah. So when we get over here into to Judges chapter 16, we find this whole account of, of Delilah, Samson and Delilah here. And so she undercoverly here is working for the Philistines. Hey, see if you can find out the secret to his strength. We'll pay you some pretty good cash if you can find out the secret to his strength. Well, the background to that is that he has he, he was a Nazarite. He took this vow that said that he was not going to drink strong drink, he wasn't going to cut his hair, things like that. And 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 that's why his his strength, the strength that God gave him was in the keeping of this vow. And so she's been hired now to try, and, to try and find out what it is. What is it, Samson, that makes you so strong? And he begins to you know, kind of tease with her a little bit. So that's where we're going to pick up the story here. So in chapter 16, and it says, Sometime later, this is in verse 4, Sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to see her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength 
and how we can overpower him so that we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Now, that's a pretty good chunk of cash right there, right? All right. Samson answered, oh, I'm sorry. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. This is where he begins to toy with her. Samson answered, if anyone ties me with seven fresh throngs that have never been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. So they try it. That's not the truth. All right. Then Delilah says in verse 10, you have made a fool out of me. You've lied to me. Now, come on, tell me, you know, tell me the truth here. And then he says, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. They try it again. Nope, that's not it either. All right. Twice now. He has not told her the truth here. All right. Well, in verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, Until now you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, If you weave the seven braids of my head into the fabric on the heirloom and tighten it with a pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, she tries this. And nope, that's not it. Now, at what point is Samson going to realize that She's probably working for the wrong side, right? I mean, this is the third time now that he has told her this lie, only to wake up when she's like, Samson, they're here! And he's like, you know, snapping right out of these things, busting out. At what point do you think Samson would have realized what's really going on here? She's working for the bad guys, right? I mean, he might get a couple of little pleasures out of there by knocking a few Philistines out in the process of all this. But for the most part, think about this. When's he going to get a clue? Right? She's purposely trying to find out this this power of his strength there so that maybe it could be weakened i don't know i don't i don't know if he was very strong maybe maybe too many punches there anyway in verse 15 then she said to him how can you say i love you when you won't confide in me oh here comes the guilt oh, if you really loved me you would do this all right, that's what she's saying here. How, how can you say you love me? This is the third time that you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So she keeps on with this guilt trip. She keeps on with this nagging. Samson, you don't really love me because you won't tell me. Oh, day after day. Okay, look. I'll tell you. Verse 17. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were to be shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. And we finally have the truth, but it, it doesn't go his way. And you would think again, three other attempts that she's made to to prove this now she cuts his hair shaves it down ties him up the philistines are upon you and this time he doesn't wake up with his great strength he wakes up kind of almost like superman and kryptonite ooh, ooh. oh man it's not working can't do it he has lost his strength he lost his hair and lost his strength.
Kind of reminds me of that song. Tell me how I'm supposed to live with no hair. I'm weak, not strong with no hair. No hair, no hair. If you know the Jordan Sparks song, No Air, there you go, a little spoof on there for you. All right, well, anyway, now we have Samson being taken into to the Philistine camp there, and he's made to work in their labor camps. And what's very interesting is that at the beginning, they're, they're still a little scared, right? They don't even want their kids around him. But when we pick up the story in the end of Samson's life, we find that it's a little kid that brings him out. So the one that they were so scared of at one time. He plucked his eyes out. He's been working in the coal mine, whatever it might have been there. We find that now he is so weak and blind that a little child leads them. But here's the point I want us to see. See, maybe Samson was wrong in telling her the strength. Maybe he was wrong in the type of women he chose. I'm not going to doubt that one bit there. I honestly think that's the case. But we've been talking about can God really use me? Samson made these mistakes, and yet God continued to use him. And more than that, in the end of his life, as we're going to read here, God used him in a mighty way. But notice what it took. Maybe some humbling, some forgiveness. Let's take a look at this. Let's, let's go into verse 23. We're still in chapter 16, but look at verse 23 now. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste to our uh, sorry, the one who weighed lace our land and multiply and, and let me try that again. Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. With the, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they're going to make a mockery out of him. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood among, and they're probably jeering, you know, like, you know, flex some, some poses for us, you know. And so he's just trying to get through the circumstance there, you know, doing his little things there, performing for them. When they stood him among the pillars, though, Samson said to the servant, who held his hand, this is again that little boy who brought him out, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with, with men and women, all the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. And this is where I think he really got humbled in 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 the sin that he was asking God to forgive him from. God, please forgive me and allow this to happen. And so he prays, O oh, sovereign Lord, remember me. O oh, God, please strengthen me just once more. And let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. So I really feel, and, and I, I really feel that this whole thing god remember me as he's as he's got his hands between the pillars god remember me 
and let me just have vengeance on my enemies here. In that prayer, it's as if he's asking God, please forgive me. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for what I have done. And I'm sure this isn't the only time he's prayed. He's humbled himself. I'm sure if someone was to poke my eyes out, I would be extremely humbled. He's praying, God, please forgive me and use me one more time. Let me get revenge because of my eyes. But God, let me take out this, this terrible enemy of yours just this one more time. And so Bible tells us that he puts his hands on these pillars and God rewards him with strength one more time. That word remembered is the word zakar. It's the same word we see when we look at Noah. And Noah is saying, it says in chapter 8, God remembered Noah. And again, it wasn't the fact that God has amnesia. Oh, where, where did I put that Noah guy? Oh, yeah, there's him out there in the boat. That's not what that is, okay? This is, it is a rewarding. It's, it's, it's a rewarding that God sees and he rewards us. For these, for, he rewards us with, with what we need at that moment. And so God, he's saying, God, remember me. And God rewards him with the strength one more time. And he puts his hands on those pillars and that strength, ah, kind of feeling fresh again. Feeling the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit again. And he pushes the columns down, and it breaks the temple that they're in, this, this, this meeting place that they're in, and it says in the Bible here that more people died that day than all of what Samson had done. And he had done some damage. He had, he had one time had the jawbone of a donkey and knocked out a couple hundred there, right? And so we see now, now this temple is crashing in. Samson dies in the mix there as well. But I want you to see, can God really use me? Absolutely. Because Samson's lifestyle was one of sin. Samson's lifestyle was one where, you know, even though he was doing these things for God, he was still involved in the prostitution there. He was still involved in a relationship with Delilah that he should never have been in. He was still kind of doing a couple of things wrong here. And yet he prays, God, I am sorry. Forgive me and use me, God. And we have in this final bit of his life, not only a using but a demolishing, a strong demolishing of the enemies of God. Can God use you? Yes. Well, but, 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 but Dan, I've, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I don't know if I can be used. I don't know. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you asked him to forgive you for these things that you feel are blocking you? God will forgive you. Samson's proof of it. God will forgive and he'll answer that prayer to be used. Now, hopefully your life's not going to end in a one-time shot there. God, use me and everything falls down and you pass away in the process. Samson's life, though, had a lot of benefits in it because of his strength. He was used on multiple occasions, but maybe maybe even that qualifies. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's where you're at right there. I've been used before and then I kind of made a mistake. I kind of got involved in this. I, I, I began going down this road and, oh, can God even use me again? God remembers. 
And again, I, I can't say this enough, God forgives. Now, I don't want you to hear that and say, well, I can go mess up and, and everything's going to be good. Because in Romans, it tells us, you know, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? Shall we sin because we have this freedom to ask God for forgiveness? And Paul answers the question and says, no, that's not quite how it works. All right, so don't be going out there and doing sin stuff on purpose. But. There is this, this wonder, this, this wonderful thing in knowing that God forgives us for what we've done. Let me tell you something. I told you the story, uh, I think it was two times back there, about when I was 10 and I'm up there and I'm praying for these men in the congregation, right? Well, that was when I was 10. Now, I didn't even go through my teenage years yet. When I was a teenager, I was a little bit rebellious. I kind of, like Samson, I kind of dated the girls that mom and dad said, what? No, 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 not this house, boy. Right, so I did these things. I, I lived that that mischievous life. I've told you even about my, my background in being involved in pornography. Right, so I have I've been in God's presence and been used by God. And then I've kind of like drifted off and done my own thing. But I had to come back to that point where I'm like, God, please forgive me for what I've done. So I understand maybe you have, you've done great things. God has used you in many occasions. And then this sin came in. This problem came in. This going away from God's will came in. And maybe now you're thinking, oh man, can God really use me? I have at one time he was using me and now I, I kind of did my own thing and I don't know if God can still use me. I tell you, all it takes is forgiveness. All it takes, just like with Samson, God had used him and then this happens and he prays, God, please, just one more time. Just one more time, God, let me, let me have my strength so that I can, so I can do damage, so I can take out your enemies so that I can bring honor to your name one more time, God. God used Samson. God is going to use you. So again, maybe maybe you have made this world's biggest mistake. It's okay. Maybe you're in prison right now. You're, you're watching this. You're listening to this. And you're in prison and you're like, oh, God can't use me. I'm in prison. Don't be so surprised. God can transform your life. God can still use you. God is longing to use you. I keep telling you that he's longing to use you. You are not too far gone for, for God to be able to use you. Humble ourselves. God, please forgive me for what I've done. And then the simple prayer. God, here I am. Send me. Here I am, God. Use me. Here I am, God. Throwing myself on your altar, saying whatever you can salvage of me, whatever you can still use of me, I give to you. I lay it down before you. And then watch. God will use you. To recap everything we've been talking about, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter if you if you think that you have low self-esteem. It doesn't matter if you've murdered somebody or committed some huge crime. It doesn't matter if you have doubted him. It doesn't matter if you've rejected him. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you've lived a questionable life. It doesn't matter. What matters is, God, forgive me for those things in my past. Forgive me for my ways of thought, for my actions, for my deeds. Forgive me, God. And God, here I am. I want to be used by you. Please use me. And then it's a watching game. And being open. He will begin to give you situations that you can be part of. He'll begin to put you in positions where you can minister. And and think about this. I heard this a long time ago. There might be someone that only you are able to minister to. God's going to open up that door for you to be used. He's going to open up that door for you to minister to that person. He's going to open up that door for you to go and reach that one person that maybe, maybe This is the one person that God has specifically for you to minister to. Watch as those doors are open. Watch as he begins to put you in key positions. Watch as he uses you for his glory, for his benefit, for his works. He will use you. And this might just be the the tip of the iceberg. Maybe he'll start using you and you'll you'll go, once COVID is done, right? (laughs) He'll start going off into different countries and and ministering to people. He'll put you in places, maybe giving a testimony in church, maybe even putting you in in a place of a pastoral position in a church, whatever it might be. He is going to use you if you are willing, if you are open. It doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you. He brings you into his family because he loves you. And now he is going to use you because he loves you. Ah. Being in God's presence, working with God, allowing him to use us. What a great position. What a great thing that we can do in our lives. A great way that we can offer ourselves to him to say, please use me, God. I'm here. I'm here. Tell you what, they're, they're, I'm so blessed that I get to be, even in this position right here, just sharing my testimonies, sharing what God is sharing with me. I am used by God. I have told you my past, and yet here I am being used by God. What an awesome feeling. So can God really use you? You bet. Does God want to use you? Absolutely. Is God going to use you? I can't wait to see how he's going to use you because I know he will. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.